Happy Halloween, everyone, and welcome to Conversations with Shelby Green. I'm your host, the main man, Shelby Green, and I'm kind of not going to be up on my microphone today. I'm kind of going back off. Last week, I listened to the show, and I thought I was talking too up close and personal with the mic like this. So I'm going to back up a little bit and give you guys some space so you can hear a more clear person, and that's what's going to happen. So i got a packed show for y'all today. Um... I want to say this, this is going to be dropping tomorrow on Halloween, so happy Halloween is my favorite time of the year. I am ecstatic, like always, around this time of the year. Spooky season is available upon us, and it is going to rock and roll with another show today, like always. I have some announcements to make about the program. Um, plain and simple, I have set a record for downloads, as I'm going to pull up Transistor this morning, and Transistor is an app that I use, a, a website that I use to put my showings on and I show people what I do and it's uh, it's just a platform to get my stuff out there. Uh, I pay, it's a streaming service that gets my, um, my um, shows out there and it doesn't like advertise or whatever but it's a, it's a direct link to where you can find my show and as I pull it up right here on my uh, phone even though I could pull up here on my uh, laptop. I don't feel like messing with it right now. So, give me one second, please. Hopefully, everyone has a good had a good weekend. Uh, I had a pretty stout weekend until Sunday. I'll get into that in a minute. And but I'm gonna talk about Saturday night, obviously. As of today, we have officially in the month of October 184 downloads. And all time new, we have six subscribers now. Said the regular two, and downloads now at seven hundred twenty-seven total downloads. And I just want to sit back and thank you for everything and everyone. All my mental health bullshit I've been through, all the little things of stopping, going, quitting, doing this and that, shutting things down. The amount of support you guys have done for me is just every. It's been incredible, and I am ecstatic that. If you look at the last two, the last three episodes from September 21st to October 25th, I've had three episodes, 14, 11, and 13. That's the downloads. Um, pretty much every single one of my shows have now increased over outside of maybe the beginning out of the the 60 some episodes that I've done. Um I have literally, and I've, I've cut some episodes that I took a couple off because it was just, it was too much negativity. There was no reason to have them on. So I got rid of those shows. But <clears throat> after, after all the things and everything that I put myself through, all the pressure I've done with myself, it, it has been incredible. It has been incredible that this platform has given me the opportunity and I've got a couple. I actually today, like it even shows my global listeners, I got eighty nine percent coming in the United States, and I got nine point four percent in Spain. So I got a couple of listeners in Spain. So thank you. And I got a couple in Russia, Indonesia, and Fiji, and Taiwan, Japan, and Germany. So I want to thank every one of y'all <laughs> that subscribed to this show, and I appreciate you guys uh, just doing it. it. Means a lot to me. So I'm very excited. As you hear my hamster over there in the cage messing around. Um, I'm just very, very, very happy with the way the show has gone, and I I cannot fathom how it feels that we are doing this. And 
Yeah, just a good feeling, y'all. A really good feeling. Um, I never thought that um, the guy that started the show, when I told myself back in February 2022, <clears throat> if I can get 300 downloads, I would be ecstatic. If I can get an average of 10 per episode, I would be ecstatic. And now I'm averaging that. With the increase of this month, I'm averaging almost ten. I'm averaging ten to thirteen downloads per episode. If you do the math, um, I've also now. <clears throat> I'm also, and when I hit five hundred a couple months back, things kind of plateaued. The show wasn't doing really well. I wasn't working as hard as I was on it, and I kind of gave up on it. Lost hope, and then all of a sudden, I had some some improvement, some push, some fortitude, and all of a sudden, it became uh, a hot commodity. It's taken. It's taking this. It's taking a lot of things by storm. I got some people in Indianapolis, Indiana that are following me that I never thought would follow me, and it's just it's pretty. It's pretty fucking cool, man. And it's pretty fucking cool, and I'm I'm very happy about it, and I'm just doing my thing like always. Um, to be the state, um, to be in the state of mind that I'm into, because I'm always a big mental health and advocate for not just men but anybody out there especially men i'll put it out there i think i feel like men and mental health gets overlooked quite often and i hate it i'm not saying that women's mental health don't matter i'm just saying that men deserve to be looked at just the same as women when it comes to mental health that's all i'm saying about that and uh we've been um i've been through a lot with my depression and anxiety i struggle with it daily but I try to get through things, and recently the success of the platform has done a great job with that, and I'm very proud of it. Without my girlfriend, Brandy Moorhead, I love you more than anything in this world, girl. Without you, this does not happen. But also, she also told me the other day, you got, you're the one that got to get in the microphone and talk. But she runs basically the Facebook social media page, the Instagram and Twitter account. <clears throat> I'm not run the, I, got, I don't even remember the password of the Twitter account. I quit Twitter for a day, got off Twitter for a day. Came back, forgot the password to the social media account. So from now on, on my own, my own <clears throat> Twitter account, I'll just share the show from now on. Um, also, uh, my Instagram account, I'm gonna start posting that to Instagram again. It's been a while, but the Instagram account's kind of been falling flat on its ass. That being said, though, let's get into the show. So the first thing we're gonna talk about is this fucking hamster will not stop. Quit. Um. So let's talk about college football. Let's talk about the Louisville Cardinals. And the Louisville Cardinals have done some amazing, 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 amazing things. They've done some great things. Coming off two weeks ago, we or last week or two weeks ago, yeah, had a debacle at Pittsburgh. Everybody was talking about, you know, some Louisville fans are calling the Louisville Notre Dame game a fluke. Blah blah blah. And of course, Duke number twenty. Duke comes to town. Louisville shuts him out, twenty-three to nothing. <clears throat> Didn't even allow him in our own red zone. So I'm very happy about that. Louisville did its thing um, defensively. Set the tone early. The pass rushing was awesome, and it is what it is on that. I'm very happy with that. Secondary did a great job of breaking up plays, creating turnovers. Gerard Jordan's probably the best running back. Well, not even probably. He's the best running back in the country. It's not even close. And I mean that. He's not even close. I think Gerard Jordan is the best running back in the country. And I really truly believe that. I never thought I would say that. <laughs> I mean, we had the best player in the country about a decade ago with Lamar Jackson. There was no question about that. 
who's the best player in the country when he's at Louisville. And but Gerard Jordan, he is the tone setter. If Gerard Jordan plays in that Pittsburgh game, Louisville doesn't have a loss. I really believe that. Um <clears throat> Jack Plummer didn't do a whole lot. He didn't have to do a whole lot. He's a game manager. And people are still complaining about it, but fans have their right to complain about things, even though it is very annoying at this time. Um, personally, in my opinion, if if I was to take a guess, I feel like Louisville did a great job of just establishing the tempo. We're going to ground the ball, down your, run the ball down your throat, ground and pound you to death and get it over with. And they did a great job. Riley Leonard was feeling footsteps all day long. Riley Leonard is considered a first, second round pick in the NFL draft in some drafts I've seen. If I haven't, if I misread those drafts, I apologize, but I've seen a lot of them. <clears throat> a couple of them, excuse me. And uh, <clears throat> so clear my throat. Sorry. And then as it um, goes on, Louisville, I, I think Riley Leonard was rushing a lot of his throws. He was, feeling, he was hearing footsteps. Louisville locked them in, shut them down. That Louisville front seven is probably the most physical front seven I've seen in college football in a long time. That, especially in a Louisville uniform. I ain't like Dad said. I ain't seen the crew of this like William Gay and Nate Harris and that crew of guys. And that that he said the physicality, the way they hit you, they lumber you and beat just they beat you down, they wear you out. That being said, we got some games coming up. We still got through. So, Lowell controls his own destiny now in the ACC, going to the ACC championship game in Charlotte, North Carolina. And I was on the phone with my father, Lowell fan for 40 years. We are talking. He says, Shelby, if they went out every ACC game and they go to the ACC championship game, just remember, you're going to Charlotte, North Carolina with me. So, yes, I will be in Charlotte, North Carolina, and I cannot wait. Um if they went out and then I got to do the job, I will state this. We got Virginia Tech this weekend. Va Tech is not going to be an easy game. I'm not sleeping on them. They've turned it on lately. They're 4-4. They're four four, I know, but I do not sleep on them. I, they, anybody can beat anybody. I don't care what you say or what you do. Um, with North Carolina laying an egg against Georgia Tech the way they did, I could not believe that. Me and Dad were calling each other, like, you see this bullshit? You see what's going on? It was just, It was just we couldn't believe it. I could not believe it at all that they were able to do this, and I, I can't, it just it just amazes me that Louisville was able to do what they did. I thought Duke would come in, it'd be a, it would go back and forth, and I knew if Riley Leonard played, that they're gonna go back and forth. They'll be a score. I didn't expect a shutout. Louisville just beat them up. They beat them up, and that's how you do things at home. And everybody's saying, well, the, um, the defense showed up in the second half, and the offense did. No, 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 no. Brom probably knew we had to finish this game. Offensively, let's just run the ball, kick the field goal, we'll get stops. And they if you look at that their first possession in the first half, I think they in the second half, excuse me, I think they took seven minutes off the play clock. So they they knew what they were doing. And Plummer didn't have to put the ball out of his hands. I mean, they had one bad snap with the fumble ball, but he fell right on it. I mean, Plummer did a really good job. And I will say this though, I think they overworked Thrash a little bit. That kind of worries me a little bit because I feel like we've got enough enough to throw the ball around and share it. With Higgins, Bruce, with Bell, with those guys. And I feel like they kind of dropped the ball with that. Plummer is just a game manager at this point. He's going to have to be. I feel like running the, like, like Brown said, we got three good running backs we can go to outside of Jaws. Jaws is their best support running back, but Turner and Guerrero, those guys are bad to the bone. They do some great things. And I'm very, very excited for it. I'm very, very, very excited for it. And I'm ecstatic to what can come. So, as I pull up the schedule, 
And all right, I know the schedule by heart, but we're going to talk a little college football after I talk about Louisville here in a minute. We're going to talk a little bit about everything. Because this show, as much as I love my Cardinals, I try to keep it open mind and talk about other things. Because, oh, God forbid, you talk about something you love and people don't like it. And I really don't give a fuck, to be honest with you. But let's just keep it on mind. Home, Votek, 3.30. Thursday night at 9, an 8.30 game against Virginia at home. Um, I'm uh, going to be at a one-man show. The Undertaker's in town, so I won't miss that, but I will be following it. Miami on the road. And, and of course, we got the final game near the ass beat we're going to give to the Milecats. And it's not even close. I don't care what anybody says. We're going to beat Kentucky by 20 or more. I am confident. I am confident in that. Because Brom ain't going to let that happen. Because old Stoops down there in Lexington, he's losing. We're going to talk about them in a minute. He's losing his wheels. He's losing some wheels, ain't he? Down there, old the Kentucky Mildcats, the Kentucky Mildcats, whatever you want to call them. But I am happy with, with, with the way things look. Yes, getting beat by Pitt is bad. But let's be honest. The two losses that North Carolina has... Sets them back because Louisville controls their own destiny. All Louisville has to do in the ACC, they win their next three games. They're in Charlotte. They're in Charlotte. There's not even close. It now, if now they 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 are in Charlotte, they have to win out, and that's all they got to do. They don't drop a game. It's over. And the last and their last their last three ACC games, you look at it, they got two at home. That should be guaranteed wins by, and then they got the win at Miami. And a lot of people were kind of like raising their eyebrow by Miami. Can we beat Miami? And here's the thing. I think this, guys. Everybody wants Louisville to win out because of one thing. We want to have, we want to be also, we want to be, <clears throat> we want to be 10 and 1 going to Kentucky, obviously, the Kentucky game. And we're going to beat Kentucky, be 11, and we want to be 11 and 1 because let's be honest, we want to be 11 and 1 to play Florida State, who Florida State's not going to lose a game. I don't see Florida State losing a game in their final schedule. And that's just the way I look at it. Excuse me. As I pull up Florida State's schedule, if you look at their schedule, they got <clears throat> at Pitt this weekend, Miami at home, North Alabama at home, and at Florida. So they got – I don't think they're going to lose a game. Florida's, Florida, the Florida, Florida is never going to be Florida again. It's never going to be Florida again, and that's a fact. Miami at home, they all handle that. At Pitt, they'll handle that. So those three get in the North Alabama, and that's just a, a game to get owed up. Excuse me. They're not, they're going to, they are going to single handedly, single handedly take care of business. Louisville has to take care of business because I mean this wholeheartedly. Louisville. <clears throat> If they want to make the college football playoff or to be in that consideration, that final game of the year, you cannot lose to Kentucky. You have to win out. And they have a shot going to Charlotte, North Carolina, because the winner of Florida State and Louisville is going to go to the college football playoff. If Florida State wins their undefeated, you got to put them in. But if Louisville beats Florida State, how you not put them in? Well, they got the one bad loss to Pitt. Yep, but they beat Florida State. They beat Duke. They beat Notre Dame. They go on the road and beat Miami, who's going to have a winning record. They beat Kentucky, who will probably have a winning record. I don't know that because the way things are looking down there. But still, I hope they do have a winning record. But that's just the stack, the, the facts of life. Now, <clears throat> we're going to talk a little bit about uh, Jeff Brom here for a second. You know, Dad talked about when Howard Schnellenberger. I wasn't alive when Howard Schnellenberger got hired at Louisville. I wasn't. I was in my dad's nutsack, believe it or not. And um, he told me about the buzz that that had down there in Louisville. He said the buzz was just insane. 
to have <clears throat> to have what they had. And uh, Schnellberger did a great thing in Louisville, and a lot of those people live off Howland Schnellberger. I think the field should be named Howland Schnellberger Field or Howland Schnellberger Stadium. I've been saying that about the Ellen El Cardinal, or whatever it's called, the stadium name. It's always going to be Papa John's to me, but you know what I'm saying. I always thought that Louisville's Plain simple, the football stadium should have been named after Schellenberger in some way. I've always said that. I've always stated that or there should be a pipe on the logo field, on the field, on the sideline. Kind of like how Danny Crum court is. I'm not saying Schnellenberger's on the level as Danny Crum, but he did build a little football program, let's be honest. And I would love to see like a, a pipe on the sidelines or so, just something like that. And I think, in the, to be honest, um, I think it's a possibility that – this could be the one of the greatest. This could be the greatest season history of Louisville football, if they can get to the ACC championship game and they could beat Florida State. Man, you, we're going to college football playoff, and I don't know about y'all, but that's pretty damn cool. Louisville's used to going to Final Fours in basketball, women's basketball, but the college football playoff, the Final Four of college football, whew, it'd be something special, y'all. <clears throat> now we're gonna talk about a little bit about college football. And the new AP poll came out. The AP poll came out. And we're going to talk about it. So, AP poll, Georgia's number one. Michigan's number two. We're going to talk about Michigan in a little bit. Three, Ohio State. Four is uh, Florida State, excuse me. Five, Washington. Six, Oregon. Seven, Texas. Eight, Alabama. Nine, Penn State. Ten, Oklahoma. To round out the top 15, we got Ole Miss 11, Notre Dame at 12. I don't know how Notre Dame is ranked ahead of Louisville. 13, LSU. I don't know how they're ranked ahead of Louisville. 14th, Missouri. 15th, Louisville. And then the round of final, the final 10 spots out. Oregon at 16. Oregon State at 16, excuse me. Air Force 17. Utah at 18. Tennessee at 19. UCLA at 20. Tulane at 21. 22 has Kansas. 23 has James Madison. 24, USC. And 25, Kansas State. So let's talk about this. Who are my top four teams in the country? And who are the two teams that are out? Or I'll give you, like last week, I gave you the top four and the eight out. <clears throat> I still think that Georgia is the number one team in the country. I still believe that right here, right now. Um, Michigan, before I get into it, sign stealing. Like Deion Sanders said the other day, Coach Prime said the other day, yeah, you can steal signs all you want, but you still got to put the game plan to win the game. Plain and simple. Um, let's be honest. Um, I think that's the truth of that. Um, another thing. So, Michigan number two, I can see it. I'm going to go three. I'm going to put Florida State at three. I think Florida State is the the second or third best team in the country. I think they're right there behind Georgia. They're right there in the conversation with Michigan. I think they're three. And the fourth team, I'm going to go Washington. And I know I hear some Ohio State fans out there like, why is Ohio State? Look, man, I think that obviously Michigan is ranked ahead of Ohio State. If If Ohio State beats Michigan this year, if they beat Michigan, then I'll, obviously, then I put Ohio State in my top four. But Ohio State is <clears> – <throat> sorry, guys. I got learning the weather. Let me take a drink of water real quick, guys. Excuse me. Uh, that's better. Um, at five, I really believe that. Um, so right outside, so my top four: Georgia, Michigan, Florida State, Washington. Right outside, I've got Ohio State at five and Oregon at six. 
I really believe that Oregon, the wall. I look at Oregon. They got beat by Washington. I like to see Oregon play them again because I think head to head they can beat Washington again. I think they can. Um, then we go to the final two spots. <clears throat> I think Alabama is in this conversation still. I haven't forgot about Alabama. We have, shouldn't forget about Alabama. But seventh, I'm going to go the seventh team to be the third team on the outside looking in. I'll go Alabama. And the final spot. I'll throw tech. I'll throw Texas in there, even though Oklahoma had that bad Oklahoma had that, that loss against Kansas on the road. I still think Texas, even their injuries. I think they, I know Oklahoma beat them head to head, but you know what? Scratch that. I'm going to put Oklahoma in there. I don't think one bad loss against a tent. I'm going to go Oklahoma. I think Oklahoma is in there over Texas. I think head to head they beat Texas. I will go with that. So. The top four teams in the country, Georgia, Michigan, Florida State, Washington, and the final four teams, the four teams on the outside looking in, Ohio State, Oregon, Alabama, Oklahoma, in my opinion. Now, Louisville can creep in that conversation if they win because Louisville wins, you got to put them in, don't you? They have to, I think. Um, any teams that can make some headway? I I don't think Penn State – I last week – Two weeks ago, I thought Penn State was going to beat Ohio State. I don't know what I was thinking. I thought Penn State would do it. But once again, you know, everybody talks about Jim Harbaugh and his flaws at Michigan. Can we start talking about James Franklin and the fact that he has pissed the bed I don't know how many times now? I mean, let's be honest. He has he had a better recruiting class the last two years than Ohio State has, I believe. I think I'll be wrong about that, but he has. And you can't beat Ohio State. Ohio State's got a good defense. And their offense outside of Mario Harrison Jr., they don't have a lot. Their quarterback play is questionable. That's why I think Michigan will beat Ohio State this year. And I can hear right now Wolf Sarn's doing, look, man, plain and simple, every single buddy still signs. It's the same thing with the Astros a couple years ago. Everybody's been doing this shit for years. Everybody just wants to make a big deal about it because they ain't winning games. They can't figure it out. Stop it. It's plain and simple. But I look at this. There's teams that I look at. If you look at um, – if I pull up the, I'm gonna pull up the, some games, in the week ten games. Texas has got Ewers is out. Obviously, the starting quarterback, quarterback is out. So here's Texas. They've got, they got Kansas State at home at TCU at Iowa State, and Texas Tech. So four winnable games that you could have the at. I mean, they should win these next four games. So right there, there's Texas on the outside. I, they're not in my top ten, eight. So. We go to Ole Miss. Here's a team that's right there at number 11. We look at Ole Miss's schedule. They did lose to Alabama this year, but they won loss. But they do have wins against, against LSU. They got a win against Georgia Tech, who just beat North Carolina. They uh, Road got a win against Auburn. But they got A&M at home, at Georgia, uh, University, LM, whatever that is, at Mississippi State. So, basically, they got to beat Georgia to even have a shot of getting in, which I don't think is going to happen. And Athens, there ain't no way in hell. I don't see that happening. Oklahoma, it's got Oklahoma State this weekend. So, and Oklahoma State is six and two at Oklahoma State. That it's going to be a tough win. If they can get out of there with a win, they'll win out with the remainder schedule. West Virginia at home, a home game against West Virginia at BYU and TCU. If they get out of there this weekend and steal water, uh, which I believe is is that where Oklahoma State is? I apologize if it's not, but they beat Oklahoma State this weekend. Then it's on. I believe they got a shot. Um, Let's see. Washington. Uh, you know what? Where's, where's Alabama at? Where's Alabama at? I don't see Alabama. Has Alabama got a bye week this week? Mm. 
I got a bye week. I'm, I'm going through my bleach report. I apologize, everyone. Oh, there they are. They play LSU this weekend. LSU at home. So here's Alabama's schedule. They got they got LSU at home, at Kentucky, Chattanooga at home, and at Auburn. So basically, the final game of the year against Auburn is probably going to be a test. If they can win, I mean, honestly, they went out. How can you not keep them in? They, they, gonna, they got a shot. So, I mean, it's going to be interesting. And then, of course, we're going to go with um, – go back here. We're going to look at <clears> – we're going to look at Oregon here. And Oregon has got Cal at home, USC at home, which it should be USC at Arizona State and, Oregon, and home against Oregon State. And home, Oregon State's going to be a tough one, but I really believe that they're going to win – they're going to win this game. They're going to win all four of those games. So it's going to be interesting. So with the top four situation, let's look at the and let's look at the, and here's Ohio. Let's pull up Ohio State's schedule real quick. Ohio State at Rutgers, home of Michigan State, home from Minnesota, and then obviously the final game of the year at Michigan. Then you turn around. You got <clears throat> excuse me. Now let's go to the top four remaining schedule. The top four teams in the country. I've already talked about Florida State, so now let's talk about um, let's talk about Georgia, number one team in the country, in my opinion. Missouri at home, which is going to be a tough one. Ole Miss at home, at Tennessee, and at Georgia Tech. So they got a chance. They, I don't think they'll lose a game. I don't think they'll lose. A game. I think Missouri's had a great story. I think Ole Miss has done a great job, but I don't think neither one of those two teams can beat Georgia. I just don't see it. So they should go and feed it. Michigan got Purdue at home this weekend, but here's what they have. At Penn State, at Maryland, and then at home Ohio State. Dow at Penn State could be could be interesting. Their first road test of the year. I mean, you look at this. Look at what Michigan's done. 3.7 points, 6 points, 7 points, 7 points, 10 points, 7 points, and 0 points. This is the last, that's the opponents they have played. And they had the bye week off. So they've given up. 10, 16, 23, 30, 40. They've given up 47 points in their in their they've given up 47 points in the nine game in the eight games they've won. They're not even averaging 10 points a game on deep. So they're a 32 point favorite against Purdue. So yeah. Mm-mm. And then uh worse we're talking about Florida State. Now let's talk about Washington. And let me find Washington. They have a they have a game this week. Yes, they do. They got USC on the road. So this could be interesting. So you got at USC, Utah at home, at Oregon State, and home Washington State. So here's the thing. I think Washington will drop one of these games. I don't know if it'll be at USC. I like Utah a lot, even though they have issues scoring, it seems like, but I like Utah for some reason. At Oregon State, so they can lose. I can see them losing one or two of these games. I really could. So Washington's the team I'm looking at, going, "Hey man, the pressure's on you more than anything." Because if Michigan and Ohio, let's be honest, Michigan, Michigan and Ohio State play each other and women beat each other, it's in a situation because you gotta look at it and go like, "Okay, the Big Ten title game, Michigan wins, they go, but if they lose that Big Ten title game to a lesser team. You get they both got one loss apiece. What do you do with Ohio State? Does Ohio State get in? Do this and that? So it's an interesting situation. But I still believe that the top four for me in the country right now for college football in the playoff right now, I got Georgia, Michigan, Florida State, and Washington. And the next four looking out from looking out look looking in looking out or whatever you want to call it, Ohio State, Oregon, Oklahoma. And uh, and Alabama, 
and I got a text message from the girlfriend. Do, 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 Just about jamboree. This is just jamboree for the little man's birth, uh, for little man's basketball team this year. This thing, cool, 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 no problem. Um, is my ringer off? Yeah, it is off. All right. So before I get into my next set of topics, when I start going to the NFL and I go on a rant and I get pissed off here in a minute, you know, there's some delusional things out there, and. I got to take my time to talk about this because since those dipshits down here in Lexington want to continue to talk about us, remember what I was saying? I've said this before on this program and the conversations with people. The University of Kentucky continues to believe their own hype when it comes to football. I got a buddy I work with who's a Kentucky fan. We get along. But let's be honest, he ain't coming over to my house wearing that bullshit. And I ain't coming over to his house wearing going to a house full of that shit. So you know what I'm saying? I kept telling people, telling him, first four games, Ball State, Eastern Kentucky, Akron, and at Vanderbilt, and Florida. The first five games, excuse me. They won those five games. I kept telling him, I said, you got three games next. You got at Georgia, Missouri at home, Tennessee at home. And also Kentucky fans are arguing with on Twitter on this. You won't win all three of those games. You'll lose all three of those games, and you'll be exposed to who you really are. And son of a bitch, what do you know? 51-13 at Georgia got their ass kicked. Missouri at home got their ass kicked. And then at Tennessee at home, they got they got beat the way they did. So three games they really lost. And you look at their final schedule. At Mississippi State, home Alabama, at South Carolina, and at Louisville. So three out of their four games, three out of their four games next are on the road. And I'll be honest with you guys. Outside of the South Carolina game, I don't see them winning another game. I just don't. They're 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 in the they're tied. They're in they're in in the SEC East. They are basically in fifth place with a two and three divisional record. I remember there were some Kentucky fans talking about we got Dennis Leary, we're gonna go to the SEC championship game. Pump the brakes. Pump the brakes. My God. And what do you think is going to happen? Here's another thing that's going to happen. What do you think is going to happen when they play, when Oklahoma and Texas come there? Kentucky's going to be on the outside looking in like, wait a minute, what the fuck's going on? Come on, man. I truly believe this, and this is this is just a fact of way of life. Kentucky is a basketball mecca. It always will be. And Louisville is always going to be a basketball mecca. Even with the bullshit's going on, we're going to talk about Louisville basketball here in a minute. I uh, know. But I mean this wholeheartedly. If you think for one second that Mark Stoops is going to lead you to the promised land, you're sadly mistaken. And there's another thing. You can see like Matt Jones, who I praise for what he's done with OVW. And the only thing that I don't like about Matt Jones personally is he's a Kentucky fan. Um, I think he does a great job. He's a Reds fan. And that's one thing we got in common. And I think he does a great job with OVW as a fan, a guy who's from Louisville who – like supporting small local business and being a wrestling fan. I respect Matt for what he's done. I really can with that. Outside of that, he's a Kentucky fan too, so we don't have anything else to talk about being common with. Matt Jones is so stronghold about holding accountability, and not holding accountability, but defending Mark Stoops. It makes him look foolish sometimes. Like, dude, like, can you be honest for a second with yourself? Can you really be honest about yourself for a second? 
you're sitting there defending the guy because you you tweeted out and I can't remember what the tweet is because Jr. Stubble, if I said his name wrong, Steeple or whatever, Big Rig, who's who does his own show, who's kind of a pain in the ass, but he's he's a guy that's a Kentucky fan. He'll never admit that Louisville's good. He always says, you know, I mean, he, he says how he feels about things, and uh, and there, I'm gonna go with this account. Let me see. But let's see. But let me just see if I can find this. Do, 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 do. Let me see if I can find this. Let me see if I can find this. Oh, here it is. Here it is. I'm pulling up right now. This is the site I wanted to go to for this. Here on the Conversation with Chubby Green Show, I just let you guys know. I'm not going to edit cut things. I just go right for the right for the jiggler. Just do what I got to do. Here it is. Matt Jones tweeted this. I will finish with this. The amount of times Kentucky has won more than seven regular season games in my lifetime, too. The amount of times they had a winning SEC record, too. Both under Stoops. We have to have some perspective. Post-game show around 1130. And Big Rig, uh, J.R. Strebel, I can't say his name right, but he calls himself Big Rig. That's what fans call him, I believe. Enough with the quotations, well, it used to be worse mentality. And I respect that. Um, I mean, I mean, let's just be honest. Like, I respect him for saying that. Because here's the thing about this. And I will make this real clear. I try to beat this in to my buddy at work. He always talks about we'll cover the points. So moral victories are what you settle for. That's what you settle for is moral victories. Like, come on, man. Like then moral victories don't work for me. I had to listen to four the four years of or five years of Scott Satterfield's bullshit of moral victories. Don't tell me about moral victories. We'll cover the points. No, I want to win. I don't give a fuck about covering points. I want to win. I want to win games. That's what you have to do is win games. And that's the fit, that's what's going to happen. Now, look, I know Stoops is going to have those guys ready to play against Louisville. I know they're going to come in there and those fans are going to be running their fucking mouth, acting like they know something. I know they are. But let me tell you something. November 25th, Thanksgiving weekend, that's Saturday. I ain't going to Louisville. I'll be sitting on my couch. And I'm gonna watch an ass beating because Brom is and those Brom and the crew guys are gonna put an ass beating down on those guys, plain and simple. And that's a fact. So all the delusional, the SEC title championship talk, all the bullshit you're talking about, that little bullshit fluke thing you had with Stoops, the run you had, it's over. It's over. And another thing is this whole thing about we need to. I've seen people say we can't let Stoops. You know, we can't have Stoops, you know, with the $100 million. Or somebody said that we now pay him $100 million so we never leave Stoops. Never leaves. Mark Stoops is going to get a better call for a better job eventually. He's going to get a phone call. And he's going to leave. He's going to leave. And, oh, by the way, congratulations to old Mayonnaise for throwing four touchdowns in the game. I watched Lamar Jackson do that quite often or more than once. So, congratulations. Congratulations. 
And I'm tired of the bullshit. Everybody says, well, he was being held back. No, they don't have NFL film on him yet. He made a couple big plays. He's got a big arm. We all know that. We're going to see what happens when teams start adjusting to his ass. Because let me tell you something. People, they, y'all were saying the same shit about Lamar. They were going to adjust Lamar, and they still ain't adjusted to his ass yet. So how about that? <laughs> Plain and simple. I'm so sick of the... the the uh, idiotic, the idiocy you hear from fucking Kentucky fans. My God, y'all act like y'all gifts God the sport, God's gift to sports, and you ain't done nothing but a God's gift to a fucking toilet bowl. I'm getting fired up already. Before I get into the fucking Pittsburgh Steelers, um, I'm gonna talk about Louisville basketball. Obviously, this is recorded on a Monday, so tonight they have a exhibition game against Kentucky Westland. I will not be able to watch it because I will be at a. I will be actually. I'll probably keep an eye on it at my little man's practice. Keep an eye on it, but I'm gonna be uh, try to stay away from it. If you can make sense, make sense. The little man has his little practice, and uh, I'm very excited for his basketball team this year. Um, and also, any of my friends and family members up here in Indy want to come see him play at Southport Middle School, I'll have a schedule for you guys. I'll put it out there. I'd love for you guys to come support little man and show him some love. Um, that being said. Um, I watched Kenny Payne's press conference last week, and I'm not trying to get in this whole thing. I'm not part of the KP Mafia or the, the Maven Mafia or whatever the fuck that is. I'm a Louisville fan, and I tweeted this before. I tweeted something a couple weeks ago. If KP can't get it done this year and get this team turned around and get back to the NCAA tournament, my opinions will change on them. That's what it is. Um, plain and simple, what I saw there and I get Simmons, I didn't see a lot of things. I saw some things that made my head scratch. I'm like, uh but I saw a lot of positivity. I saw a lot of things turn on. Um, tonight, Kentucky Westland, it's going to be an exhibition game where, you know, I want them to win by 30 or 40 points tonight. I want them to be – I want to come out. I want to come out and get on a 10 nothing lead or a 12-2 lead. I want a 10-point lead right away so Wesley could call a timeout. I want to see that tonight to start it out. Um, going forward, I'm excited. Um, watching media day and seeing the guys, the interaction – I got a couple friends that are close to the university that go to a lot of those things and those functions, and they said this the vibe that they get from these guys is incredible. The vibe that the guys have together. You can tell it's a team. They're not right. The, the morale is good, and that makes me happy. And then I saw Kenny Payne's press conference last week, Coach Payne, and you could see his his how he was so positive and he was so outgoing. I think you can tell by the look that he knows the wheels are starting to turn. It's starting to click. It's starting. The program's starting to turn, and you could tell he's excited. He's excited, and that makes me happy. Now I want the. Now I know this. I'm a little worried about recruiting right now, but I also know we got to win some games. We got a good class of guys that came in this year. We got to win some games. We want to turn some heads because I know a lot of people think it's foolish that we're recruiting Kevin Knox right now. Um, I pray to God that he comes to Louisville. I know the KP connection with that works. Um, we lost some guys. I mean, we've lost a lot of guys, but I will state this before. Louisville has done a great – Kenny Payne – I had to pause for a second. I hated the last year with a passion. I hated it. It made me sick to my stomach to watch it, but I didn't miss a game. I didn't turn a fucking game off. I watched every debacle of this shit. I knew from the moment they went 0-3, I knew we were in trouble. I just refused to give up denial that I wasn't going to quit on them. And some fans had the right to turn their back on them. I get it. I don't think you need to turn your back on these guys. Be negative. I've seen some guys say they're not going to win 10 games this year. I think that's foolish. I've seen some guys say they're not going to win 13 games this year. I think that's foolish. 
I think they can win 20 to 25 games. I really believe that. I'm sticking now. I'm saying 23 to 25 games. I think they can be. A, I can make. They can make the tournament off that. I don't know if they're good enough to win a game or two in the tournament. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe they shocks people. Predicted dead second. Finished second to dead last in the ACC preseason wise. We gotta win some games, y'all. Everybody talking about the programs hit rock bottom. Program hit rock bottom two years ago with Max bullshit, and Kenny Payne inherited, and it got worse. <laughs> Because he had to deal with he had to deal with. This year, he ain't dealing with that shit. He's got a good group of guys. You look at the four freshmen he's got. Tyler Johnson, Curtis Williams, Dennis Evans, Caleb Glenn. Those four guys alone just make it feel so much better. And it's kind of like Trenton Flowers would have fit in with these guys, obviously. But Flowers just, everybody's kind of forgotten about that. Or it's in the back of their minds, at least. And that kind of makes me happy because I ain't worried about that bullshit. Why would you worry about that? And nothing to worry about when it comes to that. The University of Louisville is going to do magical things this year. And they've done some magical things in football, but it's going to continue. It's going to trend to basketball. Like my dad, me and dad were talking about this the other day. He said, you don't think that that winning translation is going to go over to basketball? It's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. And people just need to get it ready for it. People want Kenny Payne gone because of the four-win season, plain and simple. Some people said we shouldn't have hired him. We should have went after this guy or that guy or this guy. I mean this wholeheartedly. People probably called about this job, but people didn't want this job because they didn't know what's going to happen with the NCAA thing. Everybody can sit there and say, oh, that wasn't going to affect anything, blah, 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 blah. You don't know what it's like on a recruiting trail and the people out there that don't know what it's like on a recruiting trail. Do not understand what it's like. So all the people in the world that want to run their mouth, the media down there that continue to nickel and pick and everything else. And by the way, um, shout out to Vince Tyra. For what he said about the little the little stands there, the little capacity when he he went at Nick Coffee, telling Nick Coffee basically to stop it, like the fans are not the problem, it's capacity about the whole thing about the atmosphere. So thank you, Tyra. I never thought I'd agree with you. My God, turn a new leaf. It looks like, but I'm very 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 happy with what I saw. I'm seeing and the vibe, and I'm excited to watch him play. They're gonna have some games this year. They're gonna win some games. I'm gonna be very happy. They're gonna be they're gonna lose some games. I'm gonna be like. Uh, we got a while to go, but I also believe that we're going to be a lot more happier this year. And I believe the fan base is going to start being like, here we go. And some people are never going to be happy about it. I don't care. Plain and simple. And fans are going to go at each other, and I don't care. I don't care what you say to me. I don't care what you say to anybody. It is what it is. I moved on. Last year's forgotten about. New season. Go Cards. Now let's talk about my Pittsburgh Steelers and how pissed off I am about that. And I'm going to let you know right here right now. I've kind of toned the language down a little bit because I'm going to explode here in a minute. So if you don't want to hear language, just turn the program off. I appreciate your support, but here we go. Three, two, one. You want to talk about a fucking robbery? <laughs> the Jacksonville Jaguars got every fucking call down the stretch. We got everything. And look, Kenny Payne missed a couple of throws. I get it. And I know Matt Ganda play calling is the dog shit. I gave the guy praise for last week calling a great game against the Rams, but I make this real clear. Matt Canada sucks. He needs to fucking go. My God. I don't know if he's got pictures of the Roonies with a goat or a sacrificial lamb or something, but my God, something has to have that man here. Tomlin, and it ain't just Tomlin, it's the Roonies too, because the Roonies can overrule anything Tomlin wants to do, to be honest with you, they really wanted to. That being said, you call roughing a passer on KZ against Trevor Lawrence. Kenny Pickett gets the same thing happening, gets his fucking ribs cracked. You don't call that. Um, how many more penalties and flags? The offsides on a goal lineman? I've been watching the Pittsburgh Steelers religiously. I say that word. 
consistently since Ben Roethlisberger's rookie year, since I can remember watching the Steelers. It was like fourth or fifth grade. And you mean to tell me I have never seen that call happen in a National League football game? Never seen it. Like Mike Thomas said, the officials, what the fuck are y'all on today? The officiates, the officiating cost us the game. Cost us. Yeah, we made some mistakes, but let's be honest. Defense played their ass off. How do you force three turnovers, two sacks, and you only get beat by 10 points? It should have been 9 6 going to halftime. Um, we were driving the ball with Kenny Pickett, and it should have been rough and pass. The ball should have been spotted more. I mean, just every little thing. And then, of course, Mitchell Trubisky comes in, gets, a, gets the ball to George Pickens, scores a touchdown, and then you turn around. And I'm sitting going, good drive, Trubisky. Then again, you throw the football in triple coverage. It goes out, and that's why your ass is on the bench. And I never thought I'd say this. I'd rather watch Mason Rudolph than Mitch Trubisky. Because Kenny Pickett ain't going to play Thursday against the Titans. He's just not. Unless I'm wrong, it ain't going to happen. I haven't done a TikTok on my TikTok. I've not done a, I've not done a TikTok on this game because it pisses me off every time I think about it. And we got screwed. We got fucking screwed. Kenny Pickett was playing. We were starting to catch a little momentum, and all of a sudden it happened. If Kenny Pickett was in that game, we probably would have won that game yesterday. You can't tell me otherwise. Kenny Pickett has got, what, five or six game-winning drives? Plain and simple. And plain and simple. Plain and simple. Could have been five and two, but now they're four and three. I think they win the next two games against the Titans and the Packers. They'll be six and three. They should be. <laughs> God, man. I'm just so sick of this shit with the Steelers. You know, somebody tweeted something the other day. I forgot who it was. They said, for how great the Steelers' defense, which it is and can be, they never really get a three and out. They always get the ball driven down the field and they get a turnover. And that, that's that's a good exception. That's a good assumption because that's true. It's it, it's it's true. I mean, I don't expect any Steelers to make any moves on the deadline this week. They never do. I mean, they made a move last year for Claypool, but they, they're not going to do anything. They need a defensive back. I mean, Joy Porter Jr. is great, but they need a lineman. They need a lot of things. Mika Fitzpatrick's out now with an injury, with a hamstring issue, which hurts us even more. We played well without him, but still. KZ gave up a big bomb to Travis and Nett. But, man, what do you expect? They play well all second half. They can't get on production in their offense. I love Kenny Pickett. I love George Pickens. I love Deontay Johnson. I love Najee. love Jalen Warren. love all those guys. But here's what I don't understand. You cause a fumble. You get a fumble when Jacksonville gets a little too cute with the ball. They cause a fumble. You turn back around. You turn back around. And plain and simple. Plain and simple. You turn back around. And you hand they you hand the ball from the first play on the next drive a wide receiver rollout a reverse or whatever it is to Calvin Austin and they people say well he shook up the opposite way why are you calling it why not run the ball and now you down the ball it's just piss poor play calling the play calling's trash you ever realize when Kenny Pickett gets the ball in his hand he just starts creating things it works I'm sick of it. Matt Canada's got to go. If Matt Canada is ne- is back next year, the Steelers, I'll root for him, but I won't watch a game. I just won't. I'll turn the game off. I won't watch it because I can't stand Matt Canada. Because I don't think the Steelers are going to have a – and here's the thing. Steelers, people want the Steelers to lose so bad get better draft picks. Here's the thing. It ain't going to happen. They're going to have a winning record. Tomlin will somehow get these guys to win a winning record. It's going to happen. He's going to keep his job. I love Tomlin. I'm, I'm pissed at him because he kept Matt Canada because it's going to fuck around and get his ass on the hot seat. That's what's going to happen. He's got to let this guy go. It's just not working. 
It's just not working. Their offense looks you can it's predictable. And you got these Jaguar, those Jaguars players running their mouth about this, blah, blah, blah. You shouldn't do much. They got hurled over a touchdown. They were double teaming GP all day long. The whole thing with Pickens. I would say that too if I got back from the fiche and everything else. I won't accept that as a win for the Jaguars. The officials fucked us. And yes, I know about the Rams last week. Yes, I know. But let's be honest. We get if that call don't go the way it goes, what happens? The Steelers come down, they get a fucking stop. Like, they've been getting one pressure on Stafford, they win the fucking game, let's be honest. I don't give a fuck what anybody says, anybody has to say, whatever. I'm pissed off about the loss. I don't fucking like it. It was bullshit. And the fact that I got to deal with a Jaguars fan at work tonight just makes my fucking ears fucking ache. Thinking about it. Next thing we're going to talk about today, because I'm running, I'm actually running out of topics. Oh, since we're speaking of robbery, let's talk about Tyson Fury and Francis Nagano and that bullshit. I didn't watch the fight live. I went to a, um, what was I doing that night? I went to a Halloween party. Girlfriend, little man, we went to a uh, um, Halloween party. Didn't watch the fight live, but after about an hour, the fight got up on YouTube, and, and I watched the whole fight on YouTube. And I must admit, Francis Nagano won that fight against Tyson Fury. Tyson Fury, heavyweight champion of the world, the best heavyweight on the planet. Ra 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 ra. That fat tub of blob of shit literally made boxing look bad. Nagano's power is real, I know that, but that should never happen. It should never happen. Nagano caught him with an overhand, dropped his ass in the third round, and Fury didn't play well. He didn't fought well. He threw a fucking elbow in the fight. The dirty taxes that Fury's known for. I mean, you go look at the Deontay Wilder fights. Water going down, they tangle up, he puts him in a fucking headlock, the fucking loose glove bullshit. I mean, Fury's been known to be dirty. He's known, he's a dirty fighter. He's dirty, he's always going to be dirty. And I will stand on that for whatever. I hope, after watching this fight, he didn't train hard for it. He got his, and he got fucked up. That's what happened. And Francis knocked his, and Francis won the fight. Francis was more aggressive. I felt like he ran, he landed bigger shots. He was more push worthy. He he leaned on Fury. Fury didn't do, and Fury didn't do anything to excite me. Fury did the ha ha and grab, ha grab. He didn't do anything to really excite me. You can't sit there and tell me he did anything to excite you. Stop. Anybody that believes Fury won that fight, you're full of shit. Plain and simple. Um, nothing to talk about. Um, I know he's going to fight uh, Usyk in January. The other guy who's got the heavyweight title belt, Fury is. I hope Usyk wins because I'm so sick of Fury. I'm sick of his bullshit, his antics. I'm sick of his fucking dad and his bullshit. His dad goes out there, acts like a fucking clown. John Fury was a journeyman that didn't, didn't, what didn't amount to anything. It's known for going to prison before anything. John Fury is not is not this great headwork everybody thinks. Talking about he wants to fight Mike Tyson shit. Mike Tyson will knock your fucking head off your shoulders. Shut up. My God. Tommy Fury, pretty boy Tommy Fury. The bullshit I saw with him and KSI about a month ago. My God. Give me a fucking break. Those, they, those guys. That Fury family is so full of shit. Those three guys. My God. They annoy me. It just annoys me because I know damn well that... Fury's holding the heavyweight division hostage because a lot of this shit happens with him at the forefront, and he's not getting anything done because, let's be honest, Bob Arum is a greasy, slimeball piece of shit as a promoter. I've been saying this for years. And you got Frank Ward, who's a cheeseball fucking lion sack of shit as well that hides Fury's bullshit. I will continue to say that. I'm sick of this shit, man. I'm God almighty. 
And good for Francis Nagano. He looked really good. I think he, I wish Nagano was younger. I wish he was in his early 30s because I think he could have a good boxing career. But I will make this clear to the UFC fans out there that believe Nagano can fight with the best heavyweights. Let me tell you something. He goes in there and fights Deontay Wilder and tries to fight that style. Wilder will kill him. Not literally, but I'm saying like in the ring, he'll knock him out. He'll, he'll, he'll lay him out. Like I'm saying like that. Like he will flatline. He'll flatline him. Like he will, it will be, he will knock, he will lay him the fuck out. You can't go in there fighting like that against Wilder against a guy that's got a, a right hand for Ken. Well, Fury beat him. Well, there's a lot of shit that happened with that. The first fight, we all know Wilder laid his ass out and got and Fury got a 13 fucking count. That's all what it was. Second fight, Wilder got his ass whooped, whatever. Third fight, those two knockdowns in the fourth, Wilder goes to the right corner, the fight's over with. Go back and watch the fight. The referee stopped the count mid-count and gave Tyson three fucking counts right after that. Go back and watch the fight. You know what I'm talking about. Plain and simple. <sighs> NBA week first impressions as I run down the rest of the program. I got a couple more things to talk about after that. Um, nothing really too fancy. I've, I've seen the NBA. Um, watched the uh, first week of action. Anthony Davis is playing a little bit better than he did opening night. I still think the Denver Nuggets are the favorites to win it all. Um, win the West, excuse me. Phoenix has got all fits of power, all fits of firepower. I think their bench is more thin, is more better off the way it is. With the trade with DeAndre Aiden they did and stuff. I like that. Um, what is it? Um, being here in Indiana, I like what the Pacers are doing. I like the Pacers, the talent the Pacers got. Now, they're not going to win a title, but they're going to compete well. I think they can make the playoffs. I like what they're doing. Victor Wimbaba. Wimbabi, I can't say his name right. Um, I like what I've seen so far. I don't think he's going to be this all-world player like people think he is. I think he's going to show signs and flashes. But that's about it. I think Boston's probably going to be the favorite to win it all right now. I think it's too early to tell. I mean, but like the first week, the NBA season looks really good. I got a problem with Jimmy Butler taking um, after it's just the third game of the season. He's taking a rest already three games into the season. I got a problem with that. I don't think that. I think that's bullshit. That's just my opinion on things. But so far, first week NBA pressure. We'll talk more about during down the line on this show, but I seem like what I've seen so seen so far. Excuse me as I yawn. Um now we gotta talk a little bit about Five Nights at Freddy. Went to the movies and saw Five Nights at Freddy. And this is not gonna be a long, drawled out review. Um I'm gonna talk more I I'm gonna talk more about this in other ways. But I will make this clear. Uh Five Nights at Freddy. I'm a a casual fan of the game, the video game series. I always thought it was a really good adaptation series. Um, always um, that I I I genuinely liked the the, the uh, show. I genuinely liked the game. Um, it's a good. I mean, it's it's a great game for kids. Love it. It's a horror video game. It's a very dark, fucking fucked up situation of a game, but it's it's a lot of fun. Um, that being said. I had a really, really, really good time going to the theaters and seeing this. And I did a TikTok on it. You can follow me. Um, follow my TikTok, ta- TikTok account at the main man 0310. I believe that's the name of the account. But I did a, I did a, a TikTok on it. And I was very happy with what I saw. Um, a lot of things I didn't agree with. Um, I thought it was very tamed. But a PG-13 film. But they, they stretched the limit. Matthew Lillard needs to be in more horror films. Casting's really good. The animatronic work on the robots was incredible. Um, the critics that are going after it, 
um, are just judging it based off a fucking film. The film critics don't understand what this is, and that's okay. They don't understand a lot of things we do, that they do. Um, that being said, I am very, very, very happy with what they got. And I'm excited for the next two films they're going to do. Is they are doing a franchise. The, the the classic Matthew Lillard said, "I always come back." Line was pretty badass. I, I just thought it was a good, a good, good, good movie, good horror film, and it's a good introduction for kids in horror films. And I know people thought they were going to get a long review with this film. Um, I just feel like there's a lot to talk about, but there's also a lot of things that as a fan, a casual fan, I don't understand. There, I'm going to go back and watch the film again. There are some Easter eggs I want to check out. But Five Nights at Freddy, um, I also want to say this. Um, for being on a streaming service, which I was worried about, there was a lot of people that went to the theater and saw it. And I was very, very happy with the, the, the crowd. It felt like it, it's the first time since the theaters opened back up in 2021, I felt a live, full audience in the theater. And I was very, very happy with it. And a good time. I definitely will, I'm definitely looking forward to watching it again. Like I said before on the, the TikTok, an 8 out on uh, scale of 1 to 10, an 8 out of 10 score for me. I think it's pleasable, pleasable horror film that makes the fans happy. So what's coming up in the coming weeks? WWE and AEW got a couple pay-per-views coming out, or premium live events as they like to call it. We got Crown Jewel coming up this weekend on Saturday, and I make it real clear, me and my buddy, a.k.a. Trip Price Johnson, will do a live, not a live, a Facebook live review later that evening on the show, or that Sunday we'll watch it. And obviously, AEW has full gear in a couple weeks. Um, that being said, um, I'm not going to, I'm going to run down the cards real the cards real quick. I'm going to actually get on the laptop and look at it, but I'm going to look it up. The match card, and here we go. So, so far, these are the matches that are, here are the matches that are, are announced so far. Universal Championship match, the big belt, Roman Reigns versus LA Knight. You've got the World Heavyweight Championship match with Seth Rollins against Drew McIntyre. We got the Women's World Championship, a fatal five-way. Rhea Ripley versus Nia Jax, Shayna Blazer, Raquel Rodriguez, and Zoe Stark. Women's Championship match, Eos Sky versus Bianca Belair. United States Championship match, Rey Mysterio versus Logan Paul. John Cena versus Solo, uh, Solo Sokoa. Cody Rhodes versus Damian Priest. So basically, one, two, three, four, five. We got seven matches on this show, and I must admit... This looks like a really good card, and I'm very, very happy with this. This card, it might be one of the best crown jewel cards. Got WWE, WWE with their premium live events have not missed any, any, um, any. Uh, they have not missed any. Um, <coughs> excuse me. They have not missed out with their their their. Um, with their uh, ugh, excuse me, they have not missed out with their pay per views this year so far. Their cards. Um, they've done a great job with that, and I'm very, very excited and happy with what they're going to do. I'm, I, I, I got a good feeling it's going to be a good show. Last year, if you listen to me, I thought Crown Jewel last year was the best show they did all year last year. I got a feeling it's going to be one of the candidates again this year. So we're going to talk a little AEW Dynamite. I know I've said before, or AEW Full Gear. I know I said I wasn't going to watch AEW anymore, blah, 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 but I took three weeks off of the show to clear my mind, and I'm going to keep watching because I'm a fan of wrestling. So far, there are four matches that are confirmed. The AEW World Championship match, MJF versus Jay White. The Ring of Honor Tag Team Championship match, MJF against the Guns. 
Sting, Darby Allen, a partner to be announced, which should be Adam Copeland, a.k.a. Edge, versus Christian Cage, Luke Sorge, Ed Tony Storm's Hollywood Homecoming, which I have no idea what that is. Um, let's uh, be honest about this. I I think AEW is, and I'm going to talk about them real quick here before I close the show. I'm hard on AEW because I want to see them succeed and do well. But at the same time, if you think for one second that it's okay to just sit there and look at the things they've done and just blink an eye like, oh, this is great television, this is great. It's not. It's not great at all. Um, I'm tired of seeing the memes online of them not having half-empty arenas. You look at Impact Wrestling or TNA Wrestling that's going to be that's coming back. TNA is coming back. You look at what they've done. They're filling up their little venues, but they're selling them out. They're packing arenas. I'm not saying AEW needs to go that small, but why not go to 4,000-seat arenas and fill them up and pack them? And then you go to your pay-per-views for the big events. They're having issues. Ever since full gear last year, 2022, they've had issues selling, they've had issues selling tickets. And it's a shame because I really believe that AEW has a really good chance. They, they're on they got three show shows on national television on TNT and TBS. They got a pay-per-view platform. They're obviously probably going to go to the max, like everybody's talking about, for the pay-per-views starting next year. They're talking about putting out more pay-per-views throughout the year. I mean, I like what they're doing, but they're just some of the things I don't agree with. And I think the problem is, is Tony Khan. Tony Khan's a lot of that issue, too. I'm not going to get into full of therapy. I'm just going to get the show out of here and finish it right here for you guys. But I'm just saying, Tony Khan has got to stay on the course with things and make things go smooth. I feel like there's a lot of things I don't agree with. Like, for example, you know, people used to get on Eric Bischoff for putting out weight. People would talk shit about Eric Bischoff putting world title matches on free for free on Nitro. You go on Collision Saturday night, you saw MJF versus Kenny Omega for the world title. Why is that not on pay-per-view? Why are you putting that on national television? Because of MJF's uh, going to break Kenny Omega's world title record for the reign, which he did this past weekend. Why couldn't you put full gear on beforehand or done something to make that on pay-per-view and done a special that weekend, but instead you put it on TV for free instead of making some money off of it? Things like that bug me. You put, you guys want to talk Bischoff about that, but y'all don't go off Tony Khan for that. Give me a fucking break. <sighs> no, that's, my, that's some of the things I got. And the fact that I look what WWE's done with Jay Cargill and what, with – with a when AEW did with her, and it's just like, yeah, AEW gave her undefeated streak in her own side of the women's division, but she never interacted with the top women of that division. WWE, the moment Jay's been there, she's interacted with Charlotte Flair, Becky Lynch, and she was seen watching the main event on last week's uh, the Halloween, the first night of the Halloween Havoc show with uh, with uh, what's her face and um, Becky Lynch. I skipped name my, the girl skips my name. Skips a name. But anyway, as I close the show, like always, just remember I appreciate you guys' support. And just remember one thing. I don't bullshit. I just tell it like it is. Straight up. Happy Halloween, everyone. <laughs>